Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Jesse Smollett's going to go to jail. Jail. No, no, not jail. Prison. Lie to police. Lead them all on a wild goose chase. You set up the attack yourself. And him going on the stand to defend himself. This is a this is a special kind of what in the world. And today, today was nuts. Because he's on the stand for a second day. You know who Jesse Smollett is, right? This is the guy who was in the show Empire. It was a Fox show. And he claims he was attacked in the streets of Chicago at 2 a.m. while he was holding a Subway sandwich. And two guys who were white wearing MAGA hats attacked him and screamed, this is MAGA country, and put a noose around his neck. A noose that he didn't take off for hours, mind you. Until after he had spoken to police, but refused any type of medical help. Well, it turns out he staged it all. The two guys were actually not white. They were black. Uh, they were trainers. They were extras on the show Empire. And Jesse Smollett, who Dave Chappelle uh, affectionately renamed uh, Juicy Smollett. He was looking for attention. He was looking for an attention and a way to maybe build up his brand and his opportunities on the show Empire. Well, this happened a few years back, and now it's finally been brought to trial because he lied. I mean, he, he made up a story. That's the charge against him. Three different charges that could get him, I think it's three charges, that can get him three years in jail. So maybe it's six charges that can get him three years in jail. And he should go to jail for three years. And as he's testifying, he testifies that he had an intimate relationship with one of the guys who did the attack. But uh, that guy was also didn't like gay people. I'm not sure how you're supposed to put those two things together. But it isn't for me to do. Then he says under oath that he did not do any planning with these two brothers, their last name being Osendario. That he didn't plan it, that he didn't tell them to use slurs, he didn't tell them to buy red hats, and he didn't do a dry run. Except we have video of the dry run. Meaning they planned this out. And he's saying, wasn't me. Wasn't you. He testified that Don Lemon warned him, CNN's Don Lemon, warned him about the Chicago Police Department during the investigation into this crime. I'll get into that in a second. But today is the topper. Today is the kicker. Because in today's testimony, where he's denying that they did a dry run, denying that he told them what to do, denying uh, that he didn't tell them to buy red hats. The prosecution is reading text messages. The prosecution is reading uh, uh, messages. Um, he read from, pro the, the prosecutor reading from private Instagram messages between one of the Osendario brothers and Smollett in which Smollett is updating one of the brothers on his whereabouts and flight delay information for the night of the attack, because after all, they had to coordinate. Some of the messages included the use of the N-word. But the prosecutor, in reading the messages, is reading the full messages, including the utilization of the word. 
right there in the courtroom because he's reading it. This is what Jussie Smollett wrote. This is what uh, one of the Osendario brothers wrote. And the prosecutor does this, so Jussie Smollett interrupts him, interrupts the prosecutor to ask him to spell or abbreviate the word so as to not offend every African-American in this room. Jussie Smollett is out of his damn mind. Tony Katz, great to be with you, Tony Katz, today. 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. You lied. You wasted the time of the police, 3,000 hours worth of, of man hours used to investigate it. You did this so people would have pity on you, and you don't have the common decency to say, yeah, I did it. And then when reading your texts, that's the offensive part? You know what kills me? This guy's going to have a career. If he, if he does jail time, whatever, he's going to have a career. That's what's going to happen. It's so unbelievably gross. Jussie Smollett is a fool. He's a jerk. He's a lowlife. You want to like him, that's fine. But man, you're just telling us what you're all about. But the interesting part of this story is the CNN part. And it's so funny. Producer Ari had brought it up to me earlier. He goes, I keep hearing about this. Why Why does this not move me? And I said, dude, at the first, didn't move me either. Jesse Smollett and Don Lemon knew each other. They were friends before this happened. That there would be text messages between Lemon and Smollett would not surprise me at all. They were friends. He could have texted, what's going on? Are you okay? This, that, and the other. What's the story, though, is that Smollett testified that he received a text from Don Lemon of CNN, supposedly relaying information that the Chicago police didn't believe Smollett's account of what happened. This according to a report from Matt Finn, who's covering the story for Fox News. And CNN and Lemon are not responding. So it's one thing if Lemon, and this is where I think, Producer Ari, you took it. And this was, I've got to admit, at first blush, I was like, I don't know why this is a story. It it took me another read. If they're friends and Lemon's reaching out like, dude, you okay? I get that. Wait, you get that too. Hold on a second. I'm in radio. If I have a friend who's been hurt, I check on them. I have a friend who's in the news. I check on them. That's what that's what I do. So so I wouldn't I, I didn't have a problem with that. And producer Ari, tell me if I'm wrong. That's how you read it, right? Sure, yeah. Same way. Okay. But if Lemon is giving Smollett information about dude, man, my police sources say they don't believe you. Oh, that's much, much different. Hey, police are going to do this. Hey, you might want to watch out for that. You can't be reporting on that story while doing that. That's the issue. If he was, if Lemon was engaged in letting uh, Smollett know some inside track of what the investigation was looking for, what police were looking for, that's a problem. 
That's a giant problem. And that needs to be addressed. That, I don't think, goes away so easily. Is it the same thing as Chris Cuomo utilizing his position to find ways to attack women, accusing his brother, uh, the former governor of New York, and the total jerk, Andrew Cuomo? You know, going after these women and trying to find ways to undo their testimony? No, no. What, what, What Chris Cuomo did was far worse. And Chris Cuomo has now lost his serious satellite radio job. He, he, he gave it up. He gave up the radio gig. Because I mean, he must have known the writing was on the wall. I have not been asked if there was... Uh, what show... Chris Cuomo was on the POTUS channel, right? I think that's what he was on. Patriot is the one that's conservative talk. It's David Webb, our great friend Stacey Washington, a host of others. I think he's on the POTUS channel. Hey, look, if, I, if, I, if he was in the noon to three slot, and, and like, like I am, and, and I got offered a chance to play it there, I, I would look at it. Of course. Of course. Why not? Have some fun. But I, I, he's, he must have known he was going to get let go. They couldn't keep him anymore. If Don Lemon was utilizing his journalist connections to help a friend during an active investigation, that's ball game. And that's not for me. That's for a tweet from a guy. I don't know. I don't I don't know. CNN's Don Lemon takes a page out of Chris Cuomo's book. Use your journalist connections to help a friend during an active investigation. Now I'm not saying he did. I am saying that there are text messages and even um uh you know, uh, he's even talking about it. That's a real, real, real problem. Massive problem. What does CNN do about such a thing? Well, they had to get rid of Chris, Chris Cuomo, but they didn't get rid of Cuomo because of helping his brother, the despicable low-life former governor of New York by the name of Andrew Cuomo. They only got rid of Chris Cuomo when he was being accused of sexual impropriety. Now, Don Lemon has been accused of sexual impropriety, but I don't think that ever, ever stuck. Just because someone makes an accusation doesn't mean it's real. But CNN's got an issue. Journalists have an issue. You know, it's it's a reminder. Don't don't do these things. I, I I'll take it personally. It's a reminder for myself. Like if I see a member of, of Congress and we're having a conversation, I'll tell them what I think. Sometimes on the record, sometimes off the record. Is that considered helping? If someone asks me, if 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 a member of Congress were to call me today and say, "Hey, Tony, what do you think about this piece of legislation?" I tell them. Is that helping a member of Congress in a way that's inappropriate? If you didn't disclose that when you talked about it on the air, then yeah, it's a problem. Right. So, so, it, but what if what if I said if somebody were to ask me what I think, I would tell them I like it. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. But that's not using names. Am I allowed to have an off the record conversation? Sure. But if something were to come up with it, I'd have to disclose that I'd had the conversation about it. Yes, otherwise you you seem untrustworthy and like you have ulterior motives. 
I would seem untrustworthy. If, if I was talking about it in a negative, I told somebody to do it in a positive. Well, I would in, say agree. In any sense, if you have a prior relationship with someone, you as a radio host have a responsibility to disclose. The same way you disclose every time you talk about Bitcoin, you talk about, I have a little bit of Bitcoin. Like, that's the correct way to do it. It's the same if you have a relationship with people and you're talking about a story about them. Mm-hmm. Right, because I, I, and I, and I think that's that's the way you do it to, to the very best of your ability. You try every time to make sure you're 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 covering it honestly. But it's one thing to say, like Lemon said, I have a friendship with Jesse Smollett. Okay, you have a friendship with him. That's fine. I don't. I you know, Lemon told his viewers at the time, this according to Fox News, that the story was personal, quote unquote, since he and Smollett had been acquaintances and weren't constant communication since the alleged incident, and Smollett told Lemon. What he said happened to him, which he admitted raised lots of questions. And what what, uh, Lemon said at the time is that Smollett is innocent until proven guilty, which of course he is. And that, quote, it squandered the goodwill of a whole lot of people if the story wasn't true. Okay. So he let, Lemon let his audience know that. So he let him know part of a story. He may not have let him know all of the story. Um, I, I, there's, there's a part of this that's really playing into if this was a Republican, right? Which is one of the great games you can play in the history of mankind. What if it was a Republican? The Russians have got us again. Darn. <laughs> when that happens. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I assume Tony's going to be back here any second. I'm waiting. Uh, when he comes back, I actually was about to mention this, that this does remind me of the Sean Hannity-Michael Cohen endeavor experience a few years ago. If you guys remember Michael Cohen, the former, I don't know, is fixer the right word for Trump? His, his lawyer, I guess. Uh, was on the stand and testified that uh, my client is Sean Hannity. And everyone's like, Sean Hannity, how terrible you didn't disclose your relationship with Michael Cohen. And people beat the crap out of him. Uh, I feel like that's kind of a similar case to this. Uh, you know, Don Lemon deserves to have the crap beat out of him, too, if he failed to disclose this uh, everything. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to take the quick break. Tony's going to be back on the other side. Fear not. This is the 80th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. We're going to be... Going over that, talking to Stuart Goodwin um, about that later in the show. So stand by. It probably was the Russians. It happens from time to time. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Speaking of communists, Bill de Blasio. He wants you to know how important and valuable his vaccine mandates are in keeping kids out of restaurants. But even CNN noticed you're not keeping them out of schools. What gives? Talk to me about the the consistency, the the intellectual consistency with requiring vaccinations for kids to go into restaurants, but you're not requiring it to go into schools. Yes, I can tell you that for sure. Look, we would love it when people go to our restaurants or our movie theaters, but those are obviously for fun, for enjoyment. 
School is absolutely basic to a child and their development, their future. I don't want to hold against a child if their parent doesn't take the time to get them vaccinated or for some reason hesitates. I don't want that child to miss out on education. We'll keep evaluating as we go along. But right now, after a lot of our kids, and again, I'm, I'm a parent. My kids went to New York City Public Schools. Some kids went a year and a half without being in a classroom. Uh, that's extraordinary setback for those kids. We can't let that keep happening. So that's why I thought it was important. Every child welcome. But let's really push vaccination for the older kids, the 12 and up. It's over 80 percent now vaccinated. So I think we're going to get there with the younger kids. But I'm trying to give parents a sense of urgency. You're threatening them. You're attacking them. You're shaming them for not doing what you want them to do. You just said it. It's not based on science. It's based on your desire to impart upon them a sense of pressure. And you couldn't get away with the damage it would do regarding schooling, but you don't care what damage it does to the business community because you, 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 you just don't care. That's Bill de Blasio. I mean, that's, that's what he's saying. That's what he's putting out into the world. These people, they never stop and they never quit. They never stop and they never, ever ever quit there's nothing that they see as more important than the thing they feel that day that moment no value system at play for bill de blasio just mm, this has to be something i just i do so people will know that i've done it people have been asking why is bill de blasio even engaging in these mandates considering he's out of office soon well he's running for governor He's running for governor of New York. So he's the mayor of New York. He's got to make as big of a splash as he can while he can. And he then gets to utilize this as some kind of thing that helps him propel him into the governor's mansion. I mean, the whole thing is just is just maddening. But as I said yesterday, this is what New Yorkers voted for. They get what they deserve. Now, is the White House trying to tell newsrooms what to say? The answer is, of course. You got the mayor of Chicago flat out lying about crime. And in San Francisco, the crime is so bad, they're no longer putting taxes on weed. This is America in 2021. You may want to grab a bourbon. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. So Biden's meeting with Putin. I mean, I'm going to get into more of it tomorrow. But uh, I, 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 I got to tell you, uh, anybody who has faith in, in Joe Biden's ability to work on the world stage, you know, oh, he's such an expert in foreign policy. None of that was ever true. It's like the people who told us that Beto O'Rourke really has a lot on the ball. Also not true. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. The phone number, let's hear from you. 833-468-8669. That's it. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY 
is uh, the, the, the number I'll also be talking about, uh, the new book, Let's Go Bourbon, available at Amazon.com. All you need to know about bourbon and an easy reader. Well, actually, it's just a nice little primer about bourbon and quotes and the history of bourbon. Recipes you got to have. Let's go bourbon. Check it out at Amazon.com. It is just killing it over there. Thrilled that people are liking the book so much. The Justice Department suing Texas. Now, this is something that Joe Biden knows how to do. Play the part of the hyperpartisan. They're getting sued uh, because of their redistricting maps. Because uh, it discriminates against minority voters, particularly Latinos, of course. It has nothing to do with the fact that the state is run by Republicans. No, 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 no. It's madness. It is all just disgusting. This isn't what the Department of Justice is there for. Anybody who thinks Merrick Garland ever should have been on Supreme Court is out of their head. Merrick Garland shouldn't be Attorney General. Just ugly, awful people. Merrick Garland came in third place in the Harry Reid lookalike contest. That's how awful Merrick Garland is. The lawsuit says that Texas violated part of the Voting Rights Act in drawing new district boundaries for its congressional delegations and state legislature. What's the problem? According to the Associate Attorney General of Vanita Gupta, It's not the first time that Texas has acted to minimize the voting rights of its minority citizens. Decade after decade, courts have found that Texas has enacted redistricting plans that deliberately dilute the voting strength of Latino and black voters. If we're now going to get into a conversation that districts um, are uh, oddly drawn to satisfy parties in power, Uh, No one is shocked. It happens all the time. Democrats and Republicans. I mean, there's the whole story of Devin Nunez and and why he is, is leaving Congress. I'll get to that story in a bit. There's a bit there about redistricting. Adam Kinzinger isn't running for Congress again because he's a putz, but also because they've read, they've drawn him out of Illinois. We see this time and again and again. You can't tell us that it, it, it doesn't exist. It exists with both parties. It exists with both parties. But this is pure partisanship and pure politics. Let me give you another thing about pure politics. That's the term Latinx. As we have described, as we have described, the people who use the term Latinx don't know anything. It's a made-up, nonsense term. There's Latino, there's Latina. There's no such thing as Latinx. Or, as some people pronounce it, Latinx. And it turns out that a new poll shows that 2% of Hispanic and Latino voters recognize the term Latinx. 40% are offended by it. And you've got an Arizona Democrat, Ruben Gallego, going after members of his party because they use the term when referring to the Hispanic community. Saying, to be clear, my office is not allowed to use Latinx in official communications. When Latino politicos use the term, it is largely to appease white rich progressives who think that we actually use the term. Well, of course it's always rich white progressives that are the problem. This this is 100% factual. Rich white progressives are the worst. 
Rich white progressives suck. It's rich white progressives that come up with this kind of brain power. You probably heard this story already. I, I can't believe I didn't get to it until now. I mean, I knew about it. I just With everything going on, I, uh, I, I didn't get to it. It was a New York Times piece by Elizabeth Spears, S-P-I-E-R-S, or maybe it's Spires. She argued that abortion is potentially less traumatic than adoption. Oh, was, was, was I supposed to hit the sound? Oh, all right, all right, sorry. Adoption, she wrote, is often just as traumatic as the right thinks abortion is, if not more so, as a woman has to relinquish not a lump of cells, but a fully formed baby she has lived with for nine months. People who give kids up for adoption probably go through a level of trauma, meaning it can't be easy. But this is making the argument, the argument that somehow abortion is a better choice. And to that, you rich white liberals, you're sick as hell. You're just sick. I agree with Representative Gallego. Rich white liberals are the problem. You all just suck. You don't know how to speak. You don't know how to engage. You're totally bigoted. You're murderous bastards. And you're all sorts of elitist about it. Dr. Mehmet Oz, who is, you know, the Dr. Oz, running for Senate as a Republican... Each and every human life is precious, including the lives of unborn children. It is absurd to say that adoption is less humane than killing an unborn child. Now, some people noticed that he uh, that that Oz hasn't always opposed abortion. I think that if we're going to get ourselves into the place of what did they say ten years ago, as opposed to asking, well, where did things change for you in the last ten years? Asking. Maybe he's just saying it to get elected. Maybe there are a whole bunch of Republicans who will never sign their name, vote for any legislation that really does away with abortion in the U.S. But they're with you on 300 other things. Am I supposed to not, if Oz is the nominee, not vote for him on this and just vote for and allow the progressive who not only will favor abortion, but favors infanticide? Maybe associates with the idea that you're right, adoption really is worse than abortion. I mean, it's just flat out crazy. It's crazy. The people who use the term Latinx, they're ridiculous. They've been ridiculous for years. I was very happy to see a guy I don't always agree with, uh, Representative Gallego, saying so. There is just a, a constant refrain from the pseudo-intellectual class that all of a sudden wants to uh, think of themselves as good and decent, and they're not. And that's what brings us back to this Texas case. All of a sudden, Texas did it wrong. Texas engaging in, in, the, uh, in the redrawing of the lines as they are allowed to do because of the census. They're, they're attacking the Latino community. 
I mean, it's like they played the game. What if a Republican did it? This is this is my new game, right? So we take a look at something and we ask ourselves whether or not it's it's the right thing or the wrong thing or whether or not there's some legitimacy to it. And then when we're not sure, we say, well, what if a Republican did it? And then, of course, the Republican would be found guilty and probably put in front of a firing squad or at least canceled on social media. Democrats that rewrite the lines, totally fine. When the Democrats do it, they're talking about fairness. When Republicans do it, it's to screw over black people. Gosh, that's boring. It's so incredibly boring. And these people, they don't stop. They never, ever, ever stop. They've always got one more thing and one more thing and one more thing. Now, there is uh, other news out there. And and as I said, I'm going to deal more with the Russia stuff tomorrow. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which was a spectacular movie. That's the cartoon, Miles Morales. That movie is freaking spectacular. They have come out with a sequel. So it is the sequel to the cartoon... To the, is it the, it's not an anime, it's a cartoon. Animated feature. Okay, we'll go with that, thank you. And it's called Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. So instead of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, it's now Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Part one. Part one. Yeah. It's the part one that got people crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, they're, they're good movies. They're good, good uh, movies, people. And I have not seen, uh, is it even out yet? Is it No Way Home? Dude, that's going to be the craziest, awesomest movie ever. So so that's the one with Tom Holland. That's the, that's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Tom Holland and Benedict Cumberbatch is, uh, Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange. So as I know the story of that movie, um, and I'm not trying to do any spoilers, I'm telling you what the, what the trailers show. Spider-Man's been outed. He's getting set up by whoever that, that dude was. Uh, and, and he's trying to figure out how to clear his name. And it was better when nobody knew who he was. Uh, so um, you have uh, him going to, to Doctor Strange to try and change time so nobody knows who he is. But that backfires. And then all of the characters, all the bad guys from across this, the, the universe, the multiverse, now come into his world. So when you go back to those original Spider-Man films that were made by Sony, that certainly weren't as good as what Marvel is doing. Those characters are coming back. So it's Alfred Molina and a whole host of guys. That's crazy. My question to you, Producer Ari, is what does this do and how does this play in with the Disney shows? What does this do to the multiverse and to the Marvel world? It's all connected. It's going to be the multiversal war, everyone from every universe. The Netflix shows, like the Daredevil show is coming back. The, his character is in the Spider-Man. Like, it just rips open everything. All the rules are broken. Venom can now come over. Every superhero in existence can now be in one movie without, you know, which universe they're in. I want to say for the record, for the, the record... Did you watch Daredevil on Netflix? 
I did. Okay. The guy who plays Daredevil. Charlie Cox. In Netflix. Charlie Cox. He's awesome. That show is fantastic. I was sorry when they stopped doing it. He's back now. Yeah, uh, wait, but he's back. Is there a new series? No, but like he's in the new Spider-Man movie. Like Kevin Feige announced yesterday that like okay. he's he's the new Daredevil. He's Daredevil. He's unreal. He's not just good. He is spectacular. That guy is a freaking rock star. So good. If you haven't seen Daredevil on Netflix, it was only three seasons. Just stop what you're doing. You know what? You can even stop listening to the show. No, you can't. You have to finish the show. Then stop what you're doing. Jeez. And, oh. I mean, it's really good, but like there are better. The Disney no, there Plus are... Marvel shows are better. I haven't seen any of the Disney Plus Marvel well, shows yet. you really need to. <laughs> In the Netflix world of shows, Punisher was pretty good, I got to admit. That was pretty good. Um, uh, Jessica Jones. Nope. I, I, I vacillate. I'm with you. I'm with you there. Iron Fist was a big hot uh, mess. Uh, Iron Fist was such a hot mess that it didn't so, have to be. so bad. Didn't have to be. What was the other one? The Defenders was like the team movie. That was pretty. The Defenders was okay. It was, I enjoyed it. It was perfectly okay. Right. Uh, Daredevil's Daredevil sensational. Sensational. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. See, you got to take the time. You, the, the world's crazy. You got to take some time to breathe and, and enjoy and and uh, now, now I'm gonna go see the the. When does the the Spider-Man movie come out? A uh, week from Friday. Okay, that's No Way Home. As opposed to what we were just talking about. That's 2022. Which, right. The uh, the Into the Spider Verse. Across the Spider Verse Part yeah. One is next year. That's it. Across the Spider Verse. That was good. If you haven't seen Into the Spider Verse, you should. Also very good. You should really, really good. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz.